The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. It's a good day to be alive. How's it going, my friends? My name is Cameron Fry. I am the host of the His Girl Friday podcast. And I just got to say, I really love this time of year. You know, fall took its precious, sweet old time getting here. Three weeks behind schedule. But uh, as of last week, the air is cool and refreshing. The leaves haven't started changing colors here in Middle Tennessee, but they're on the fringe. We have a frost advisor tonight, which I know sounds super nerdy, but as a weather enthusiast, I, I do enjoy monitoring these things. Either way, it's pumpkin weather, it's latte weather, it's I could find the return of hot beverages, you know, football season's in full swing, NBA season's about to start. So really, I just got to say, you know, I love this time of year. We're two months away from Christmas, probably five, six weeks from the beginning of the Christmas season. Um, Halloween's about to come and go. I know that, uh, I don't know what you guys do for Halloween or fall festival, as some of us call it, um, but my in-laws and I, we do this thing for our neighborhood where we set up a hot chocolate bar. We don't go door to door, but we invite the neighbors um, kind of on the lawn. It's kind of like this fun celebration of the season, and we uh, we do s'mores. It's a nice, cozy little setup, you know, and uh, it's just a way that we could reach people, and it's a well-established thing by now. This is our third or fourth year in a row. I think it's our fourth year doing it, actually. And the neighborhood really responds well to it. It's just a great opportunity to love on people. And so that's something that I look forward to. Yeah, we, we dress up. It's fun. There's certain things about it. You know, this the Halloween fling, I guess. Uh, you know, it's fun to partake, I suppose. But in the context of evangelism and, again, outreach and loving on people and, and shining light, you know, being on mission with Jesus is all kind of harp more on in a second. But the reason why I'm cutting this pod is to talk about a book I'm reading and how it pertains to a recent post I shared on His Girl Friday. You can check it out. It's called Bride Incredulous, Why Marriage is Kind of Sorta Okay. That is an original blog title, uh, Bride Incredulous, in case you didn't catch the uh, the poet, poetic symmetry there. It's a, it's a pun off of uh, Pride and Prejudice, Bride Incredulous. There you go. Why marriage is kind of sort of okay, which may sound weird to some of you, uh, but I'm going to unpack that title in just a minute. I'm hoping that it kind of pulls people in and kind of gets them, kind of piques their curiosity. It's like, well, what in the world is he talking about? Well, the book that I'm mentioning, authored by Francis Luther Chan, it's called uh, You and Me Forever, Living in Light of Eternity, or Marriage in Light of Eternity. And granted, you know, we uh, we always talk about living with heaven in mind, uh, talking about church world anyway. And I know that I've mentioned that phrase a couple of times here on the pod, living with heaven in mind. But uh, for those who are married, I think a lot of times we uh, have a boxed in view of what it's like to really be in communion with our spouse. And I just want to take a few minutes here tonight to talk about um, how we can better our marriages um, 
by decompartmentalizing the uh, the clutter. Like, well, this is intimacy with my wife, and then we're going to have intimacy with God over here. But no, just like how everything we do, every expression of love is going towards something. We are wanting to help build and mature those around us that we love, spouse, family members, dear friends, etc. We all we don't want to just point people into Jesus, but we want to help them become and grow like Jesus. Um, but we're going to focus on marriage today. Real quick, uh, just as a disclaimer, uh, for all you singles out there, while this pod may not seem to apply to you, I really want to encourage you to consider the foundation, uh, the content that I will offer. Uh, you may not want to expose your heart discovering what you think you can't have right now. I get that. Staying content in your singleness is really challenging. Um, but I'm hoping to help you guys in that, actually. Even though I'm talking about marriage, I'm hoping that uh, you can kind of have some hope for the future. Um, if you perceive this content as an opportunity to mature your dreams of holy matrimony, if you will, uh, I really believe you'll come out better for it. So uh, with that said, let's dig in. All right, so like I said, I'm reading this book, and <laughs> I love Francis Chan. I've read some of his books in the past, and he has a unique way of challenging me. I've I've seen him speak in, in person, and uh, I just love his approach. Super humble guy. He's the real deal. And I really encourage you guys to get to know Francis and his wife, Lisa Chan. Um, but this book, you know, I'm doing a Bible study with uh, with some friends and family, and um, I had no idea, you know, this book came out like three or four years ago. I, it wasn't on my radar until it was encouraged to me uh, to read. And after digging into about half of it, you know, that old adage, the more you grow, the less you know. Yeah, that's where I'm at as I am cutting this, as I'm reading this and that, reading this book. And, you know, not to suggest being subdued is a bad thing. Really just, you know, sharing conviction, whether in podcast form or Bible study form, you know, as you respond to, you know, not only the materials you're reading, the resources you're reading, but uh, just having that dialogue with people around you, it really can be a freeing process. So just know uh, tonight I'm a humbled husband, uh, fresh into this You and Me Forever book, and, you know, I just can't help but think whatever I thought about marriage a few weeks ago is no longer what I could think about it moving forward. So I really hope that no matter who you are, where you're at, single, in a relationship, uh, or married, that you can uh, find a point of relatability, uh, connectivity to this. Um, So there's going to be moments, I think, tonight where certitude ignites like fireworks. And uh, so this this might be the first of several posts on on the topic. This, This is probably an intro. Uh, pod to a, a, a series that will unfold in the weeks and months to come. Um, and the goal is to challenge our view of marriage in light of eternity. Because uh, while marriage is arguably the apex of human love, uh, you know, on this earth as purpose in God's plan, it's only kind of sort of okay, roll credits, <laughs> when we dare to view it against the backdrop of what we'll experience in heaven. It's like, why do we live? We don't live till we get to marriage. If not, you know, I think we'd be selling God short and missing out on a lineup a lot has to offer. It's like marriage and mission should not be separate entities. And that's the, the really the premise of the book. Um, being on mission with God uh, is not supposed to be something that's detached from being on uh, mission with our, with alongside our spouse, really. Um, so let me just say, I love my wife. Let me start there. <laughs> Let's just 
cut to the chase. I love my wife. I adore her more than any other creature on the planet. Um, Lessa Fry is my better half. I can't tell you how many people, uh, you know, I've told, you know, she, um, she really is the real deal. And, you know, I would say she completes me, but I'm learning as I, especially as I read this book, that that's not accurate. We complement each other really well. Complete? I think that's a worldly notion. We, we want to find someone who can complete us. And I feel like that's a self-centered, self-absorbed perspective, just being honest. Um, I don't think we should look for someone to, um, you know, that we have amazing chemistry with, although that's important. I just think there's certain things that should be overflows. Uh, that should be outflows of pursuing the real thing, you know, pursuing Jesus. And we just happen to find Jesus bright in this one that, you know, you know, we're super attracted to. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong in being drawn to someone, but really what should be drawing us is the light of the gospel, the hope of glory, the, the relationship with Jesus inside the other person. And that's what happened with my wife. It's like we, what happened was, just rewinding back in time a little bit, we actually were on mission with each other as friends. Um, she felt like she was supposed to serve in the youth group. I was flying solo at the time. This is back in late 2011. And I really needed help. Um, I needed a co-pilot really bad, you know, primarily so I could relate to these preteen girls or, you know, I, sorry, because I couldn't relate to these preteen girls I was ministering to. I was great, you know, on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, but, you know, in, in between that's, you know, I needed some help there. And she came in and we, and out of just being on mission with one another, you know, being on assignment, we fell in love, you know, it just kind of happened, you know, first God came first, um, others came first, um, youth and their families. And then we eventually just, we were magnetized to each other and we just felt like it was the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we were hesitant. We even fasted before we even started dating or courting, I should say, um, uh, just being real here, you know, whether it's dating or courting, I think it's really good to just be like, all right, God, are you in this? Because I don't want to assume I don't want to just dive into this and just realize, oh, I should have should have sought your counsel. I should have uh, been seeking your face uh, throughout this process. So uh, we did that, and it really has led to amazing things. Um, but I love my wife, and, uh, you know, I love love. You know, not only does it speak to the existence of a supreme being, but it testifies to the mastermind of a relational being. Unfortunately... In this life, it's easy to lose sight of what love is and where it comes from. I know I'm, I'm guilty. I'm raising my hand right now. Uh, you know, it's something that I have to calibrate to each and every day. And I know that, you know, early on in my marriage, and even now sometimes I do, but especially in those early years, um, there were times where I landed in hot water thinking love could be assumed in the name of trust. That, you know, as long as I was pursuing the happy life, happy Sorry, happy wife, happy life mentality, all was going to be all right. I had no idea how much that component of cultural wisdom, if you said that in quotes, sarcastically, uh, I had no idea how much that had seeped into uh, my, my, my head, my, my thick skull, <laughs> uh, mental lexicon, if you will. But as experience and humility have, have taught me over the years, these approaches are volatile, if not futile. For starters, they tempt you to Sherlock your way out of relational voids, seeking deeper connection through self-centered, egotistical epiphanies. And, uh, you know, they invert the big picture of what marriage is. Specifically, marriage is not the great life or American dream applied to your spouse. 
I really want you to hear this. Marriage is not the great life or American dream applied to your spouse. Rather, it is an amazing journey prepping us to stand before the Creator and into internal intimacy with Him. Now, I know that journey can sound intimidating. I actually thought about saying Amazing Race out of respect to my wife who loves that show. Um, but while you could say it's a race, you, you know, using it as Paul referenced to it in, in his letters, um, whether it's race or journey, the fact is, is like we, we want to be on mission with Jesus, with our spouse. However many years we're, we're together in this life, you know, we are not only wanting to point people to Jesus, but help prepare our spouse to be with Jesus in heaven, you know, standing face to face, you know, and yes, you know, from judgment day, you know, you want to help your spouse be able to um, have that intimate moment with God where you're just looking back and, you know, you want to help your wife, help your husband uh, hear those words, you know, well done. If we're not living love in a way that's helping our spouse, our significant other, um, here, you know, if we're not helping them to mature in their faith, if we're not helping them to get to that point where they could hear those words, um, we're doing something wrong. We're missing something, and that's the point again of Francis and Chan's book. Um, so let me share an, ex- uh, an excerpt with you because um, I really love how Chan captures this principle. Each of us plays a tiny but significant role. Our marriages also play a significant role in this great plan. We are called to paint such an attractive picture of marriage that it causes people to long for the coming marriage with Jesus. God calls us to display the love and humility of Christ through our marriages, to tell people about God's story, who Jesus is, and what he has done. That's on page 55 of the book. So I, after reading that, I paused. I was like, you know what? Marriage, or if you're single, your future marriage, it, it's sanctified outreach. It really is. It's not like outreach is something that you do. It, it really is synonymous with your marriage. It's, it, it's meant to be anyway. It's intended to be a unique blend, a concoction of discipleship and evangelism that um, points people in the direction of God's burning love for them. Um, and not just points, but sometimes it's just, you know, actually living that, doing that. Um, sometimes, sorry, I say pointing people in the direction of Jesus, it, it kind of comes across as passive, but sometimes like just doing the work, um, not to sound legalistic, but just being that extension of burning love for them. If we think marriage is nothing more than feeling complete within a spousal relationship, then we're missing the big picture as to what God has intended for it. Now, I'm not saying we forsake living our spouse or family altogether, you know, with all that we have to offer. Surely most of you listening to this tonight understand that love is a tangible, mobile, proactive entity. You know, look at 1 Corinthians 13 if you need a refresher. It's, uh, you know, it rises far above our deepest desires to be content and to be known. A lot of times we think love is being content and being known. Um, it, you know, it's not. It goes so far beyond that. Being content and being known, it just, you may feel that with your spouse and that's great, but it pales in comparison of the of the kind of love that we can taste, um, both in this earth and what it's going to be like when we move on to the next life, really. And, and you know, but still the re- reality remains, the reason why many marriages struggle is due to one or both partners feeling dissatisfied and or insecure in their identity as loved and known by God. And it really starts there. You know, this is really, you know, it comes back to that. Um, 
marriage isn't a, the foundation. It's something that's built upon. Yeah, you could say, um, well, you're starting a relationship with your, when you enter into a marriage season with your spouse, like you're, you're beginning to build something. But really, there's something there. There should be a foundation um, that's firm and secure when, by the time you are married. And, you know, that foundation is, is, is your faith in who you are and who God is. Uh, so as a result, you know, these marriages that struggle, you know, their desperation f- for a better relationship becomes hinged on individual strength, on the ego, as opposed to joint partnership uh, that's on mission with, with Christ. And, you know, as Chan puts it, um, this is page 20, our marriage problems aren't ma- marriage problems, they're really God problems. We may think we have a beef with our spouse, but that beef has to originate somewhere, Right. And yeah, epicenters will vary, but you know, not every relationship is the same. They're like snowflakes, right? Oftentimes, though, the source region is the discord between expectation and and trusting God. You know, I remember early on in my marriage, there were several moments when I projected frustration onto Lisa, and I blamed her for an unmet expectation when, in fact, the root of my resentment was aimed at God for not having met it sooner. In hindsight, not only did these episodes preserve misplaced doubt, but it, it drove a wedge into our communication, ultimately our affection. But again, as the years have gone by, uh, humility, maturity, and awareness, they have all increased to the point I can catch these moments and take you know, whatever misaligned thoughts I have uh, you know, captive fairly quickly. As one may tell, you know, allowing these notions to accumulate unaccounted for can lead to Severe relational strain, damage, even destruction. And by that, I mean divorce or separ- well, separation, divorce, or, or worse. Um, you know, at some point, we must embrace the beauty of trusting God and entrusting ourselves to Him uh, and becoming so overwhelmed by Christ's care for us. Um, you know, as the bridegroom, you know, we can't help but pour out onto our spouses in an extravagant way. I think some of us, you know, it's just getting back to that, you know, you know, the New Testament, one of the dominating themes is Christ is the bridegroom, the church, you know, we as a people are the bride. Um, I think it's an uncomfortable metaphor for a lot of us, but we have to understand our part in the bigger picture. And that's why that metaphor is so often used. And I think it's something to have in mind, you know, when it comes to marriage counseling and or pre-marriage counseling, you know, because really for those married looking to lead people to Christ, love and honor, you know, they're the most important elements um, to the most important relationships we're given. And uh, this has a ripple effect that will bless more than you think. Uh, so, so, yeah, really, that's the bottom line. We may be the bride of Christ, but marriage grooms us for glory. This doesn't mean that Everyone has to get married, you know. I, you know, there's that verse, uh, and that's taken out of context a lot. But, you know, I think it's in Romans seven. You know, uh, Paul talks about, you know, for those you married, you know, it's like live as if you're not. What he's meaning by that is don't let marriage become a distraction uh, from relationship with Christ. Uh, again, don't compartmentalize. Don't let being on mission with Christ, you know, just making disciple makers. Sorry, I, and I probably should have said this sooner. When I say being on mission with Christ, it's making disciple makers. You could also say loving people because sometimes, you know, I say making disciple makers and there's like this pressure of performance, you know, this work mentality that seeps in. It's just really just I like to say loving people and at least starting the process of making disciple makers. Some of us, you know, we're great on the front end. Some of us were better on the back end. We had different skills and that's another topic for another day. But at some point we need to find how 
um, kind of that sweet spot where, okay, I have this amazing relationship that I've been given, you know, keeping in mind that God is the giver and our, our spouse is the gift, but it's, that was meant for something. It was intended not just so that we could be happy, but so that we can be a better team, a better body as the bride of Christ that, um, goes out into the world and, and tells people about Jesus. Uh, in my family, um, you know, I, I can't imagine just a split up team. I mean, it's like my grandpa, for instance, was so much better reaching people because of his marriage with his wife, my grandma. They were such a dynamic duo in the kingdom and um, they really worked better. I mean, they were more than the sum of their parts, really. Same thing with my folks. And I think listen, and I are on that, on that way. Um, and I know that, yeah, you know, when I'm talking about this, some of you may be like, oh, I'm t- kind of intimidated by the thought of staring God, uh, staring at God memorized in his presence. Um, but the experiences found in marriage could help get us there. And that was, I want you guys to star that because I know I'm not the only one, you know, just, I'm not talking about judgment day, but just having this intimate relationship in heaven. I mean, I struggle with that now. I struggle with intimacy with, with Christ. Um, some days I feel like I'm doing okay, but some days I feel like I'm even doing well. But there are a lot of days where I'm like, I don't, I'm really struggling being close to God right now. Um, it's a lot easier to, I feel like, to, to be close to my spouse, to be intimate with my spouse. And I feel like there's lessons that are learned there that help, that lead us. And, you know, just that selfless sacrifice that has to take place daily. I mean, that's why I want to make this a series, because I really believe that there's just a, there's just so many uh, reflections in marriage um, that we could connect to our relationship with, with Jesus. So, yeah. You know, we may be intimidated by intimacy with the Christ, but the experiences in marriage could help get us there. And yeah, while marriage is not required to advance the kingdom, for many of us, it's necessary to understanding sanctification, sacrifice, and the immensity of God's wholehearted devotion. Um, you know, we can't comprehend the size of God's father heart of love for us. Um, but we, we get these, you know, crumbs. I think marriage is one of those crumbs. Uh, so as how to, how this looks, you know, stay tuned for sequel posts where we'll dive into what a biblical b- blueprint for marriage looks like. Um, warning, I may give steps, but I, again, I don't want it to feel like it's a formula. So I'm going to try and uh, find this again. The, the I'm going to try and thread the needle as far as um, what that biblical blueprint r- looks like without it sounding like, OK, if I just do these four steps, I'm good. Um, I want to make sure that I account for the space between the lines. So I want to be careful with my next, the next post in the series. But until then, rest in confidence, knowing while marriage isn't that great in light of eternity, it is perfect as an established institution and reflection of divine love, drawing us and those around us closer to Jesus. I'll put it this way. How sweet it is to love our beloved as we're loved by our beloved. It sounds like a tongue twister, but... The first B is lowercase, and the second B in beloved is capitalized. So hopefully that makes sense, something to sail over. So, All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening, for, for tuning in. I hope you got a little something out of this. Um, I'm hoping that the wheels will continue to turn as we advance this series. But, you know, as I always say in closing out, you know, if you have any questions, concerns, prayer requests, if there's any way that Les and I can team with you, pray for you, um, just be in partnership uh, with you. We, you know, we want to connect with you. So just feel free to shoot us a comment or, uh, you know, PMS, email us, whatever you want to do. Um, 
just know that we're here for you and rooting you on. So, all right, guys. I look forward to catching up with you next time. But till then, enjoy the rest of the month. I will see if I can get a po- another pot up here before the start of the month. But no guarantees. It's There's been a lot going on behind the scenes. I know I say that quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, there's still a lot. There's more on, on our plates now than three, six months ago. And listen, I'm learning to juggle and abide by a whole different rhythm and flow. So we'll still try and get two pods out a month. But, uh, you know, what matters is loving one another loving God and being faithful and when you do that priorities have a way of aligning themselves and so final thoughts just know the difference between what needs to be an overflow slash outflow and what the initiative should be on the front end so Godspeed and as I always say I'll catch you on the fry peace